Hello, hello, hello. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday indeed. And welcome into episode number 65 of the Sports Kiki podcast. My name, of course, is Alex Reamer, and you can find the show wherever you can find your favorite Outsports podcasts. We are there for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Listen, download, subscribe. You know the deal. Uh, Great to be with you today on this Saturday, this gorgeous Saturday in May, one of the best months of the year, Mother's Day weekend as well, so be nice to your mom, be nice to your mom, that's very important. We have a lot to get into this week, I'm very excited about my guest, I'm always excited when we have a radio person on, and that's the case this week, Jared Max is a former host on ESPN Radio New York. He came out publicly as gay in 2011, and here he is 10 years later, still working in sports broadcasting. He's an anchor for Fox News Headlines Radio, which you can hear on SiriusXM. So I have a nice chat with Jared about coming out on the air, his feelings around that. He asked the question at the start of his monologue, his coming out monologue, are listeners ready, are sports fans ready to have the news read to them by a game, an openly gay man? And, uh, well, I think 10 years later, he's still going strong. He's on national radio. I think uh, he's gotten the answer to his question. But I asked Jared about that. And it's always interesting to go back and forth with other gay sports radio people. I mean, my experience was, I think, very different than the traditional radio broadcasting experience in that I never really considered myself to be a broadcaster. You know, someone like Jared Max did have his own early morning radio show on ESPN New York, but then he did the local updates for Mike in the uh, Mike in the Mad Dog for Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio. Mike and the Mad Dog. They work for. Ooh, it is a Friday, but my, Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio. Uh, he did the updates for them, and then he obviously does more traditional broadcasting for Fox News Headlines Radio, and you'll hear him reference it many times in our conversation about telling stories and how much he enjoys that as a journalist and how when he came out, he never wanted to be the gay sportscaster. He just wanted to continue to tell the sports news and tell the stories that he cared about. Uh, I kind of did want to be the gay sports host. I mean, obviously... That's not the only thing I want to be known as, but I didn't mind that label, and I really embraced that label as well. I I made my debut on Morning Drive, I was a co-host, I was not an anchor, and my job was to stir the pot, my job was to draw a reaction, my job was to be my outrageous self on the air, and in order to do that, I've said this a million times before, but it's worth saying again, I always thought I had to come out as gay, I mean, there was no way in hell I was going to be able to do that job well if I hid who I really was. So it's it's interesting always to compare stories. And even the time is different too. Jared Max came out in 2011. I came out in late 2016 on the air. I think just that five years of separation, within that five years of separation, there was a very different environment. I mean, I can't stress it enough that the thought that I've never considered that being openly gay would hold back my career in sports media in any way. And here we are, years later, knock on wood, I'm still employed <laughs> to write and talk about sports. So I just, uh, I, I never I never occurred to me that that would happen. And a lot of it is due to 
if not all of it, is due to people like Jared Max and Steve Buckley, who we've had on the show before, and Israel Gutierrez, and all the other openly gay, openly LGBTQ sports writers, sports broadcasters, sports journalists, and it's so much you know, more common now, but that wasn't always the case as recently as 10 years ago. Uh, so that's a long way of saying an interesting conversation coming up with Jared Max. But before we do that, I do want to briefly share my thoughts on Caitlyn Jenner's run for governor of California. Uh, this announcement has drawn uh, a lot of reaction over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but Caitlyn was on Sean Hannity this past Wednesday night, and I thought the interview was just absolutely embarrassing from her standpoint. I mean, she sounded like Trump in a dress saying that she, the forest fires avoid her house because she clears the brush. I mean, really? That's exactly like Trump's forest management spiel <laughs> about the fires. Um, and my favorite Caitlin quote, please look this up if you haven't seen the video, is she talks about how California is crumbling because all of her friends with private jets are leaving. <laughs> yes, this is what she said verbatim. The guy right across from me, he was packing up his hangar. He says, I'm moving to Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it anymore. I can't walk down the streets and see the homeless. Wow. I mean, when you've lost the private jet crowd, I mean, your state is just a goner. There, there's no hope. When you've lost the hangar crowd, when they're leaving the hangars and packing up for Sedona, oh, you've lost. You've lost Gavin Newsom. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean... I, I, there's not really, I don't think, much to make of Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, it's 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 remarkable in the standpoint that she is the most well-known and accomplished publicly out transgender athlete. And she has taken a stand now against trans inclusion in sports. She came out with that last week, and that's really what's spurred her through the headlines this week. And that's remarkable and just too bad. I mean, there have always been people in marginalized communities willing to work against their own interests in pursuit of fame and fortune and accolades and attention and privilege. And I think Caitlyn Jenner is the quintessential example of that. But what makes it especially hollow from her standpoint is that she's flip-flopped on these issues as recently as last year. And it gives me great joy that this interview has been quoted across so many outlets over the last few days. But last year, in an interview with R. Don Ennis, Caitlin said, quote, I think every trans person, if they're into athletics, should have an opportunity to compete and improve themselves. I think sports is such a great way to learn a lot about yourself. And yes, I want to hopefully... Uh, make sure they have the opportunity in the future to do whatever they can do. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. She even repeated it twice. I'm all for it. And now she says she wants to protect girls' sports by banning transgender kids from playing. Nice. Nice. So I think that's all you need to know about Caitlyn Jenner and where she's coming from, her flip-flop on this pivotal issue in just a year's time. Jared Max is coming up on the other side. 
Jared Max, Fox News Headlines Radio, former ESPN guy. Have a great conversation with him. Thank you, as always, for listening. And welcome back. It is the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer, and as I mentioned in the opening, always love to get a gay sports talk guy on here. It's been a while since we've had one of them, so let's welcome on Jared Max. He's a sports reporter and host on Fox News Headlines Radio. He came out on air on ESPN New York back in 2011. We wrote about him at Outsports at the time. with a lot of catching up to do here. Jared, Jared, how are you? Welcome to the show, my friend. Alex, how are you? I guess there, I, I guess there was an abundance of gay sports reporters to choose from. <laughs> And, uh, and, and I got the call, so I'm touched. Thank you. You would, you would be the <laughs> second gay radio guy we've had on. We've, I've had on all of two in the year plus I've done the show. So it's, it's, it's good. We're glad to get you on. Um, so when you came out, I was, I was listening back to uh, your coming out segment you did way back in 2011, 10 years ago now. Um, you asked the question, are we ready to have our sports information delivered by someone who's gay? So a decade later, what's the answer to that question? The, uh, the answer is definitely a resounding yes. Um, I got to prove that immediately in a short period of time. Uh, it, you know, just in that, I, well, in that I didn't fail. I was failing before, I think, before I came out, I think I was failing and something I wasn't really used to feeling failure while in the middle, in the middle of performance um, through that much in my career but until that point all of a sudden becoming a a talk show host and something just wasn't working and once I was honest uh with the audience about who I am and I realized okay now I can talk and I can react it it worked so yes uh we found out real quickly that you know and I knew the answer to that obviously it's kind of a a, a, well for me it's a rhetorical question because I knew that yeah nothing in me changes you know it's the classic line of yeah I I have yes and I happen to be gay but We've seen others uh, do it at, you know, the, the network where I was at the time, others there uh, have, have, have come out. So, right. you know, there's an opening of a door in different areas. And, 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 and we see we've seen it in some sports um, executives also uh, who've come out. Right. There's now, you know, all the, the <laughs> sports leagues, uh, I believe every league has has some type of uh, coalition, you know, a, a, a pride event or something, pride month or you know, you can go get a, a a team cap from whatever your favorite team is and probably get it with, you know, with the, with the pride colors, you know, kind of uh, meshed into the, to the logo. So yes, all sir. the teams in the leagues have gotten on board, um, but it's still so far from, it's still very much the like, Hey, we're, we're part of this. We're all one and one for all. And we're here to help. But until we really see players, um, who, who, who break down the door, who break down this barrier. This what's what I see a lot of times, sometimes is a self-created barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt in prison and one that I in part created, but one that's in response to society. Right. Uh, but once that wall starts to come down, I can, I, I would, I would predict that, you know, there's going to be an, an outpouring of players right. to the point where eventually it becomes it. It's not even, Oh, that's the gay player. I mean, imagine being, you yeah. know, you mentioned the name Michael Sam. Right. And well, you, you know, you know that the next comment that somebody makes that there's the word gay is going to be in there. I never wanted to be, I never wanted to be the gay sportscaster. That's scared the living daylights out of me. It's, it's part of what, why, when I was in college and had some really, really, really dark thoughts for an extended period of time over years was about the belief that I didn't think I could do that. 
because I didn't want to be that guy. I just wanted to be a sportscaster. I kind of planned my whole life. This is what I was going to do. And from a young age, I was that kid who actually knew this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then once I came to realize that there was definitely something different about me, it wasn't just a phase. I thought, wow, then I can't do that. Yeah. Um, so I look, I think it's, it, it's, I know how important it would be uh, for the world, for the health of the world, for the health me. And I don't mean, you know, the, the blue earth floating around the orbit. I mean, for the health of, uh, of humanity to, for these doors to get broken down, because when you look at the, the way that um, Americans and people around the world, but the way that Americans, the, the level of idolizing that goes on of sports figures and the role that sports figures play. And now more than ever, where, where polls show that sports fans are okay and comfortable with and support their athletes getting into political issues. Now's the time really more than ever to, to recognize athletes' voices, whether you agree with this or not, carry weight outside of talking about why they scored 36 points right. one night. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so if they make a change and all of a sudden superstar X and superstar Y and superstar Z come out, the effect that that has on on the world is, is 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 seismic. It is seismic because it will open the door. Players will start living their lives. Coaches, all these all these people who've been in the closet, all of a sudden that ends. But the most important thing is all the all the people who look up to them, all those people who are in the closet, and who think that they can't live their lives. And you take people who were suicidal one day, and all of a sudden they've got something to go for because their sports hero can do it. Well, heck, they can do it too. Well, and, and, and to add to that point, uh, what led you to come out in 2011 were a number of things. We had Rick Welts come out. Uh, Don Lemon came out uh, right the week before you came out, too. But also Charles Barkley said that he knows he's played with gay teammates and it doesn't matter. So to go to your point, that really kind of burst of visibility propelled you to publicly come out. Yeah. And also and also draws attention to the uh, the importance of of allies that. Right. Charles Barkley's comment weighed heavily with me. I spoke about that on the air, actually. Um, the day before I came out, I did talk about that as comments to the Washington Post that, you know, we'd had, had gay teammates and straight teammates and they'd rather have a gay teammate if he was a better teammate that, right. um, that that's a big, important voice. Uh, and, and people don't always realize, but sometimes you can make an innocuous comment that that can harm somebody, but you can also make a comment that you think Charles Barkley knew that he was changing somebody's life or going to be making a large contribution to somebody making a major life decision a positive altering decision and i'm talking about you know coming out i mean it was something that scared me off for so long but he definitely helped give me you know another piece of courage that that i guess i needed to you know it's like when you're a kid and you're gonna you know go take a dot go, go to the diving board go to the high dive and you know i remember being a kid and being scared you know just like anyone else or, or, or you know like many others would be to go <laughs> right. to the high diving board you know you start small or whatever but but, but it is a, a, a jump off the diving board. But in my experience and looking back 10 years later, it's the same thing as I felt that day. Hmm. God, that was easy. Yeah. What was, what was I, what was all the fuss about doing the jump? And as with anything, if you're trying to make a major life change, you're trying to stop smoking, lose weight, um, become a good spouse, <laughs> whatever it is, um, the hardest part is not actually doing the work. The hardest part is just mentally flipping the switch. So just do it. I mean, if I think about it, I'm grateful that I came out when I did. I did it at age 37 publicly. Right. 
but I still wish that I had not had issues with it that kept me from not doing it earlier because that's that many years of my life that I denied myself true existence. Right. But I mean, what I found interesting about your story is that you were an openly gay man living in New York in your private life, right? I'm reading here in Outsports, you went to Boxers and G in Chelsea, you've brought family and friends to therapy in Hell's Kitchen. So you were gay in New York in your private life, um, but it didn't carry over to your professional life. So that must no. have been really hard to, to sort through all that. Um, I guess when it started, it became... <sighs> For most of the time, it was pretty private. It was just my, okay. initially it was my, you know, my mother was the first person I told when I was 21. And then, right. and then, and then I didn't tell another person, I think for, you know, over the next two years, maybe I told two more people and then yeah. little by little, uh, you know, more, more and more. And then eventually when I had, uh, where I was working, I'd people you'd work, I'd had colleagues who were very close friends. So over the years, I had really close friends. They didn't even know. And yeah. then you start to feel like you're being dishonest and then you need to share uh, with somebody and just trust that they're not going to, you know, essentially kill your secret and secret being because, Hey, we don't know what this is going to be like at work. And you don't know how this, you know, and, and again, 10 years, boy, we've come, we've come a long time in 10 years as, as far as what's, what's accepted, what's acceptable and what is not tolerated in the American workplace in, in, in major corporations when it comes to, um, treatment of, of the LGBTQ community, as well as a lot of communities. We've come a long way in 10 years. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I think we came a long way in five years. I say that because I uh, made my debut on WEI in Boston in 2016. And I was, I think, 23 at the time. And I was out to my family and friends for about a year or two at the time. But I came out when my first appearance is on the air. And honestly, Jared, didn't even think much of it. Like the thought that it would negatively impact my career didn't even cross my mind. And it's amazing that that happened about just five years after you did. And I think it shows how quickly, like how quickly things have changed and the norms have changed. And now even five years later in 2021, I'm sure it's even that much different and more open than it was in 2016. All right, Alex. So this is, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm having what I call a senior moment, I guess, because I got, <laughs> I, um, but, but you know, when I first, and, I, and when I was reading uh, about you a little bit and your name just kind of, you know, it, 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 there was a plant in my head already. It's like there was a connection made. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, every day I, I, I write so many different sports stories every day and talk about so many different sports. And every night one team beats another team four to three or 143 right. to 131. Exactly. But, but here and there, somehow, uh, the same reason why they used to say in, in school, write down the definitions of the words so it'll help you remember it. Somehow when you read a story and you've written a story and you've voiced it, it it's going to leave an imprint. And I swear, even though I can't point to where it is in my crazy card catalog in my brain, I remember telling your story on the air. Oh, and wow. It's cool. And it's kind of, and I remember, you know, doing huh. it like thinking, you know what, I'm allowed to tell this story. Nice. This is an important story to tell. I'm going to tell it. This is cool. Nobody had any problem with it. And, and I'm just thinking that, um, so now to have this moment, yeah, small world, and this is really yeah. cool. So this is, um, this is neat for me to get to meet you like this. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to hear that, Jared. I love listening to stuff about myself. <laughs> it's like, like anyone in radio, aren't we all narcissists? Isn't that what it comes down to at the end? Go of the make day? your bed. You like hearing I, that? You know, I, I think so. Eat your vegetables. Uh, I do want to ask though, something that I often struggle with, uh, and I'm in a sports writer now today. 
Um, but you know, you've been, you mentioned every night, a a team wins four, three, somebody gets traded, somebody gets released. It can really all blend together. What has kept you interested in sports for this amount of time to continue to do it professionally? Uh, the stories, the story it's like, and at where I'm at in my career now as a journalist, as a reporter, as a broadcaster, uh, I'm in a very content spot as a uh, performance artist, I guess, because I'm such a huge fan of, of, of uh, some rock and rollers. I've, I'm a big fan of certain bands and I follow careers. And, and when I see that there are certain ways, you know, the way that my favorite artists would have changes and advancements in their careers from when what they were first like as a 21 year old rock and roller to what they developed through in their 30s and their 40s and into their 50s uh how we grow and i know stuff that i never would have that there's so much stuff i would not try doing on the air today that i used to do all the time because i was such a little punk you know and 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 maybe it's that you're trying to make a name for yourself i don't know i wasn't ever actively say trying to do that but you're aware you want to you want people to at, at least when you have something to say for them to know where 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 it was said um yeah and and i get so excited sometimes when i look at that over all the years, because again, it, it, it can become mundane when you look at it. Oh, it's just another, it's another report, but it isn't because there's, I'm, I'm still so excited by the stories and that's mm. what it comes down to. That's what we want to hear our stories. Yeah. And that's because it connects us to when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all as a broadcaster, I'm all about being relatable, right. um, meaning finding, find what's relatable and share that, capture that moment try to do what, what a comedian like George Carlin did so amazingly, or a Jerry Seinfeld would pull out, here's what you're thinking and share that. That's what, what the challenge is. But to then change, like right now during pandemic times, to know that I've had a focus because I'm not working uh, in, in a radio studio, but from home and don't have the same access that I normally would. I don't have as many tools to work with. I don't have you know my setup on stage right now. I don't have a big gigantic drum set with all bells and whistles. So what am I relying on? I'm relying on my writing and storytelling. And I know I'm getting better at it because this is what I'm focusing on. And I really look forward to, uh, it's like sifting through. My brain has gotten sharper than ever at sifting through stories in a short period of time because time is of essence when you're on the clock in a short period of time to realize what what are the home runs? What are the home run stories? And now let me, I can find the elements of the stories that, that excite me that I want to pass on. Like I had a story, uh, uh, there were a couple of stories at the end of the week here that, that excited me, uh, that I know were fun stories, you know, in ways. So like, there's this, uh, the first, the first football Tom Brady ever threw a touchdown pass with in the NFL. There's a great story to it that, that, that came out. And, and, and this isn't one that necessarily is so much about being relatable. There, there is one big relatable part to it, but it's just a cool story. And it's not that the football's going up for auction between you and me and everyone listening. I don't care what the football sells for. It's not yeah. going in my pocket. And, and yeah. I don't, it's just another statistic, whatever. The right. cool part of the story is that some guy used to go to these games with his, with his friends all the time. The Patriots were a horrible team. The, it yeah. was all about hanging out in the parking lot before the game. Yeah. And, and, and then one day they're, they're in the stadium and, and, and Terry Glenn catches a touchdown from this new quarterback who took over from Drew Bledsoe and, and, and Terry Glenn throws the football in the stands and this guy pushes a friend away and, and, and maneuvers this and the next thing you know, he's got the football. 
doesn't even make much of it until a friend says, oh, you know, that's the first touchdown that guy threw. Okay, so he keeps it in a safe space in his home, even went out in the backyard and would have a soft catch with it, being yeah. careful with it. Now I can relate to that because I remember first getting, you know, having an official NFL ball once and going out in the backyard and, and playing with my brother and saying, don't let it hit the ground. So I know what that's all about. So he's, so he does all these things to protect the ball. Brady wins his first Super Bowl. The guy goes to a safety deposit box at a bank and puts the football in the safety deposit box. And then yada, 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 the story goes on and on until, you know, he used to take uh he'd go visit it, go visit the football the day before the Super Bowl and the Patriots would play in a Super Bowl, take a picture of it, send the photo to friends. And then twice he'd, he wasn't able to make it to the bank to do that. And the Patriots lost both games. So there's, mm -hmm. Those are cool stories. I mean, there's either, yeah, there's a lot of stupid, dumb elements in there. The people, uh huh. I could have, could I, and I could have, and I did condense that into 40 seconds today. So that's a fun, you know, in 40 seconds, which just took me about four minutes of rambling to knock that out in 40 seconds. Afterwards, you're like, yes, nailed yeah. it. So Chris. that's what I still look forward to. Yes. Let's be a good podcast. We can ramble. Um, yeah. <laughs> and at least the football was sold as an actual football, right? Not as an NFT. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, you mean the non-fungible right. tokens? Yes, and stuff? yes, yes, yes. That I yes. know what NFT stands for. When That's I first heard impressive. NFT, <laughs> I thought of three other letters, but. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, uh, I want to ask you too, uh, what is it about radio broadcasting that, that you love? Uh, go back to actually, this is good. So I started to talk about this in, in the last question you asked, and then I rambled and went sideways. But uh, since we're, we're uh, born, people used to say, you know, Alex, I'm sure you heard this too. You know, radio's going away. When you were probably first getting yes. out, you don't want to get in a radio. Uh, radio's course. going away. Yeah. Radio's going away. Radio ain't going anywhere. You know why? Because as long as people are being born, <laughs> they're still lulled to sleep by having people read them stories. So as long as human beings tend to respond well to having stories read to them, radio is always going to be around. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I right. I mean, as long as, it, you know, as long as the, you know, there's still human elements of it and human elements have remained even while, you know, different great changes in the way the actual business goes on. There's still that medium. Um, yeah. My radio, I, I just recently went back. I discovered some a whole bunch of uh, stuff from high school, from th theater shows I had done, and and I was reading an old program. We used to every one of the cast, I guess, would write. You know, we write on each other's programs. Oh, it was great working with you on this show. Ha ha! Your little, you know, stuff you'd write in your high school or college yearbooks to or high school yearbooks to friends, and 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 there was all these people mentioning about me going on the radio. And hmm. So when I tell you, I always like it was known. Yeah. I don't remember thinking, I don't remember having a, uh, a fascination so much with the, with radio. I do, you know, as time went on, maybe grew a little bit more uh, interested with the lore with old time radio uh, voices and legends. And, and, and I do love the, um, the, the art form, I right. guess, of it. Um, I, I, I've always been, I've always gotten excited when I, when I, meet but more so when i get along well with um people who i consider radio greats and legends that i'm like wow we can hang together this is really cool um and and the and the one thing about radio that's cooler than anything is is it's the most honest medium 
Yes. I've always believed that it's the most honest medium. It's from, it's from thought to broadcast like that. It's a one man band. It's, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be, but meaning, you know, it's, it's boom, boom. It, it, it happens, you know, television, look at how many more elements that are, that are involved in television just to perform. It's right. It's much more produced. I mean, in radio, a local show is three, four hours long and the segment is 30 minutes long and you're out there. <laughs> Neither in, you in have print. it or you don't, you know? Yeah. We have Twitter. So that Twitter start, you know, Twitter is, is might be the closest thing you have to radio, but in print where, where sometimes people don't, people who probably shouldn't, hit send, you know, we'll hit send. I, I, I've done it before. I'm like, ah, you know, and then quickly delete maybe or something like that. But, but, but even in print, there's thought put into it. So radio such as honest medium, I'm all about being honest. I know in my, I'm so glad that when I did come out that day on the air that, that I, I quoted um, Shakespeare or something with it's the, I do come back to all the time. It's so tried and true in life to thy, this above all to thine own self be true. And that, that it, in, in the play Hamlet, there's this unbelievable list from the character of Polonius giving his son Laertes about going off to college. And, and, and there's just some great life advice, things that are famous quotes, like neither a borrower nor a lender be. And nonetheless, he, eventually he gets to the end and says, this above all, to thine own self be true. Hmm. God, is that right? Yeah. At least I, I, I've always felt so. And what, you know, what, one line, my, my line, this one's, this one's on Shakespeare, but one that I just shared this with somebody uh, this week talking about the coming out that it hit me back then was that uh, I, I, I never asked to be this way. I didn't even ask to be, but we play the handwork dealt and we make the best of it. And there are a lot of people out there who live in fear of saying, you know what, I'm, I don't want to make waves. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. I'd rather just, I'm, I'm in a comfort zone, but you know, what's that, you know, YOLO, you only live once. Right. So what, it isn't a dress rehearsal. And what are you doing it for? Nobody got George Washington, the leader, first leader of the free world here in the United States accomplished more than we could imagine probably in, in, in a long period of time. And yet, at least where, where I live in New York, New Jersey area, you know how much George Washington is known? He's a three-letter symbol on a traffic report, by and large. So there's a 15-minute delay on the GWB, on the George. So the point I'm getting at is, with all that we can accomplish in life, you think hundreds of years from now, somebody cares whether or not you decided to say, you know what, I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to deny myself the right to be who I am. And I would just hope that people will start to, the sooner we can get to a most honest society. And I think sports people, uh, because playing such a large role, yeah, have such an opportunity to really improve quality of lives for, for so many. And, and, and there really are so few, at least it's really a small number now of, you know, the fringe, you know, which, you know, which, you know, used to say, oh, you know, you let them get married now. Next thing you know, they'll be, you know, marrying animals. And you say, That's All right. right that number has gotten smaller and smaller and, and it'll only eventually lead to, you know, to, to, to more better stuff. Yes. Well, I can tell you, Jared, this is the first time I've had a guest quote Shakespeare on the show. So that is, yes. a, uh, I think a great note to end on Jared Max. You can listen to him Fox news headline radio on Sirius XM. You can also follow him on Twitter at Jared underscore max Jared. It was great catching up with you, man. Thanks for coming on. Alex, this was so much fun. Yeah. Hey man, just a quick little pl plug, please. Anytime. Please.
to, yeah, to tune into us. You know, we have, we have a lot of fun uh, in, in the morning. It's a great news program. Uh, of course, you got to subscribe to, you know, to, to Sirius XM to get, to get our station. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, it's good sports. And I promise I'll tell you the best stories that, uh, that we can find. And also, you know, when there's big stories, you know, you'll pop on and you'll see on, 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 the, on the television, on the uh, Fox News channel and also Fox Business Network. So uh, let's just you know, keep it going. Be good. And, uh, you know, things will turn out right. And YOLO, as you said. Uh, I hate that. I honestly, I hate that saying, but it's just to throw it out, you know, YOLO. Hey, I think it's a summer of YOLO after the year of how we've been through. Uh, Jared, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Alex, this is really cool, man. And and, and, and I'm so glad I remembered. I'm like, yes, I did do that story. And now I get to talk to him. Cool. So thank you as always for tuning in to the Sports Kiki podcast. And again, thanks to Jared Max for taking the time and coming on the show. Always great to get a radio guy on because they also have really great radio voices. Hopefully that was very soothing for your ears over the last half hour. As always, if you want to uh, send any guest ideas my way, you can do that on Twitter. I'm at AlexReamer1. My name again is at AlexReamer1. So long. I'll talk to you all next Saturday.